Well, good morning, everybody, and happy Thanksgiving. I know tomorrow is a turkey day, but I just want to say happy Thanksgiving to you today and uh, encourage you to spend some time, maybe after your Thanksgiving dinner, sharing with one another as family and friends and loved ones something you are thankful for or something God did in your life this past year for which you are very thankful. Spend some time talking about those things and honoring God. Well, today we're in, we are in uh, Mark chapter 13. As I mentioned yesterday, this is probably my favorite chapter in the Gospels about the second coming, even though most of it really isn't about the second coming. Most people think it is, but in any case, people read this chapter and they ignore the context and do not notice what is actually said. They just read right over it and often read into it their preconceived ideas and miss what is plainly stated in the text. Now, I don't have time to do a verse-by-verse explanation of this chapter. It would take more time than you're wanting to give to this devotion today. But the context is very clearly stated in verses 1 through 4. And remember, biblical exegesis, biblical hermeneutics, biblical interpretation demands that you look at context. What is the context? What is the setting? Otherwise, you can take everything out of context, twist it around, and make it say anything you want it to say. And that's bad Bible reading, bad Bible interpretation. Too many people do that. In fact, too many preachers do that. Here's the context. Jesus has been teaching in the previous chapters in the temple. And in chapter 13, verse 1, as the story continues during his Passion Week, the last week before the crucifixion, It says in verse 1, as he was going out of the temple. So back in chapter 12 and so on, he's been in the temple. Now he's leaving the temple. One of his disciples, so they're walking out of the temple area. And one of his disciples said to him, teacher, behold what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. Referring to the temple and all the buildings around it that were part of the temple complex. Massive. It's the temple they built when returning from exile in Babylon that uh, King Herod, centuries later, expanded into a large, beautiful, massive temple. And one of the disciples, they're walking, look at this beautiful building and all these stones, Jesus. It's just wonderful. And then in verse 2, Jesus surprises him and the other disciples by saying, do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left upon another which will not be torn down. You see this massive building, this beautiful building, it's all going to be destroyed. Verse 3. So they keep walking. They go across the valley, the Kidron Valley. They make their way to the Mount of Olives. And when you sit over there, you can look back across that valley and see the Temple Hill, the Temple Complex. And as he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew were questioning him privately. And here's what they asked Jesus. Now, this is the context. Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign when all these things are going to be fulfilled? 
they did not ask Jesus about the second coming or the end times. People read that into it. What are the these things? The things Jesus had just said. They walk out of the temple, across the Kidron Valley, up to the Mount of Olives, and Jesus, look at these beautiful buildings, this temple. And Jesus said, not one stone will be left on the other. This building will be torn down. It will be destroyed. And they sit down on the Mount of Olives, looking back toward the temple, and the disciples said, Jesus, when will this happen? They didn't... Where, where, where has one word been spoken about the second coming yet? It hasn't. Let the Bible say what the Bible says. Jesus is talking about the temple being destroyed. So, Jesus, when will these things happen? When is this? What you've just been saying, Jesus, when is this going to happen? Stop reading into the Bible your ideas. Let it say what it says. All right. So Jesus began to explain it to them. And he goes on, and basically in the next several verses, verses we're real familiar with, but take out of context way too often, what Jesus says, all right, here's how life on earth is going to be. There are going to be wars and Talk about wars. There will be famine and earthquakes and natural di disasters. Uh, God's people, Jesus' followers are going to be uh, persecuted. He said that's just how life is going to be. It's not a sign of anything except life on earth. Till Jesus comes back. That's just how it's going to be. You hear people sometimes say, well, those are things that are going to be happening before the second coming. Folks, they've been happening ever since Jesus was here the first time. It's just how life is. And, 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 and what you and I are to do through all of this is evangelism. Share the gospel. Verse 10, the gospel must first be preached to all the nations. We, we, we've got to take the gospel to every ethnic group on this planet. Um, and then Jesus starts talking about when what he had talked about previously will happen. When will the temple be destroyed? And what, notice, notice what he says down in verses 14 and following. Um, when you see the abomination of desolation standing where it should not, and let the reader understand, then those who are in Judea, not the world, Judea, must flee to the mountains. The one who is, and, and here getting more specific about the ones in Judea who need to flee to the mountains away from Jerusalem because that's where the temple was. The one who's on the housetop must not go down or go to get anything out of his house. The one who is in the field must not turn back to get his coat. Woe to those who are pregnant. I mean, you can't run very fast. And those who are nursing babies in, in, in those days. Plural, multiple days. But pray that it may not happen in the winter. Harder to travel. Be out in the open. For those days will be a time of tribulation. Such has not occurred since the beginning of the creation, which God created until now and never will. In other words, those are going to be the worst days. But there will be days after those days. Did you catch that? 
And unless the Lord had shortened those days, no life would have been saved. But for the sake of the elect whom he chose, he shortened those days. And if anyone says to you, behold, here's the Christ, here's the Messiah, here's God, what, behold, he's there, don't believe them. False Christ, false prophets, you know, everywhere. But take heed, behold, I have told you everything in advance. Now, before we go on, what he's talking about here is the destruction of the temple. That's what he'd said. And, and they said, Lord, when's this going to happen? And he said, when, it, when, when the temple's destroyed, it's going to be a horrible time. And, and those in Jerusalem will need to flee, get away. And you better hope it doesn't happen in the wintertime because it's harder to hide in the caves and, 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 and you know, in the winter, it's, don't, don't, you better hope that when that, when the temple's being destroyed, it's not when you're pregnant and when, when the army, when, when it, when it comes time, you're not going to have time to collect it. You just got to skedaddle and get away from Jerusalem. And when that massive Roman army besieged Jerusalem in AD 68 and 69 and 70, 35 or so years after Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection, destroyed the city of Jerusalem, destroyed the temple, burned the temple to the ground. In fact, when you go to Jerusalem today, there is no temple. Why? Because it was destroyed by the Romans under Titus, the general, in A.D. 70. And all that you have are the, 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 the Wailing Wall, part of the western outer wall of the Temple Mount itself, not the temple building. Temple's gone. It's been gone ever since, 70 A.D., um, when I was in Rome, Monisa and I were in Rome, I remember we, we, we spent time on two different, two different days at the Roman Colosseum. And near the Colosseum is the Roman Forum, the seat of Roman government in these days where, where Caesar was killed. And uh, from the Colosseum over to the Roman Forum is this arch, stone arch, the Arch of Titus that was built in 80-something A.D. to celebrate and honor Titus, the Roman general, who destroyed Jerusalem and the temple in 70 A.D. I've got pictures of it. I've got pictures of me and Monisa standing there under the arch of Titus. When the Romans sacked Jerusalem and burned the temple and they, they, uh, all, the, all the stuff in the temple, they looted it, more than one million people Jews were killed. More than one million Jews in Jerusalem and Judea. The Holocaust was worse, but that happened throughout Europe. The worst tribulation and death among Jewish people in one location ever when Rome and Titus got fed up with Jewish rebellion that had been taking place for decades and just demolished the place and killed. It's estimated as many as 1.1 million people. And Jesus said it's going to be a horrible day. And when the destruction of the temple comes, you better run. Then he adds in verse 24, in those days, after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened. The moon will not give its light. The stars will be falling from the heavens and the powers that are in the heavens will be shaken. 
and then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. Jesus is basically saying the same thing the Old Testament prophet Joel said, the same thing the Apostle Peter quoted in his sermon at Pentecost on the day the Holy Spirit came, and they were speaking in tongues and so on. And Peter said, this is what the prophet Joel said, that in the latter days, in the last days, God will pour out his spirit and your men and women will see visions and, and, and prophesy. And that happened starting at Pentecost. And then the moon will turn to blood and the sun will be darkened. Well, at Pentecost, only part, only half of what Joel, the prophet, said happened. The other part is what happens at the second coming of Jesus. Here, Jesus talks about that second part, that second part that's associated with his second coming, these cataclysmic, universal, heavenly events, the changing of the atmosphere, if you will, when Jesus comes back. And notice, it's in the day's future, the days after the destruction of Jerusalem. So the tribulation he's talking about in these passages in the gospel is not what some call the great tribulation. And even if you want to read it as a seven-year tribulation, that's not what the text says, but if you want to read it that way, this verse clearly says Jesus' coming is after that, not before that. So Jesus is saying, yeah, the temple's going to be destroyed. It's going to be a horrible day for the Jewish people. And if it wasn't for the mercy of God, all of them would have been wiped out. Over a million was, but not all of them. And then someday in the future after that, he said, I'm going to come back and you have these cataclysmic events. And notice later in this same chapter, and I've already gone longer than normal for this devotion, but later in this same chapter, he adds, it's at that time when all this cataclysmic stuff happens associated with the second coming of Jesus that his angels will go to the four corners of the earth and gather his elect, i.e. the resurrection, reuniting us with the soul. So the gathering of the saved with Jesus at the second coming is after the events of the destruction of Jerusalem. And even if you take this tribulation as the so-called great tribulation, which is it's not saying that, but if you take it that way, the gathering of the saints together in the second coming is after it. And that's simply what the text says. Let the text say what the text says. And uh, if yesterday I was encouraged because Jesus said, Sadducees, you're wrong about a resurrection because there really is a resurrection of the dead. This chapter encourages me because it says when Jesus comes back, everything changes. And he collects us. Nobody and nothing can keep us from being with Jesus when he comes back. His angels will make sure of that. Hey, I'll see you tomorrow. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody.